0: If you're still finding your way, let's build it. Even if you've got it all figured out, I wanna hear what you've got to say. Let's build it. It's bullish with Toro. Hey everyone, Toro here with another episode of Bullish with Toro. Here I interview my former next door neighbor, Sharon Rowe, who's an entrepreneur and author I've had the pleasure of knowing for over 20 years from our small town of Austin in Westchester, New York. We chat about her being a small business owner, having a strong work life balance, and how she finds peace through routine during this never ending pandemic. Bullish by definition is being hopeful or confident that something or someone will be successful, optimistic about the future of something or someone. So let's get bullish for Sharon Rowe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bullish with Toro. This is Toro, and I'm here today with Sharon Rowe. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Taro. My neighbor of over 20 plus years, my Uh former neighbor. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I knew you when. Exactly. You better ask me the right questions. (laughs) Let's start with the softball. Do you know why I wanted you to be on the show? Uh, uh, No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I might have some ideas, but I'd rather not, um, you know, no. Tell me.
0: Okay, I will. So, firstly, you're one of the uh, first female entrepreneurs that I've ever known. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I love your company, EcoBags oh, wow. Products, Inc., mm-hmm. um, which is a reusable bag company that's been around for almost 30 <clears throat> years. 30 years. <clears throat> wow. We do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, you're an author mm-hmm. of a book called The Magic of Tiny Business. Mm-hmm. You Don't Have to Go Big to Make a Great Living. And I also give you credit for me being kind of into health and wellness. Absolutely. I remember
1: that first hike we did out to T-Town through the woods. You were Walking like, across oh, the lake. yeah. I yeah. totally remember that. Hacking our way through like semi-managed trails.
0: It was so fun. Yeah. Speaking of health and yep. wellness. Yes. I'd like us to warm up before we dive into the official interview.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so if you could pick... Uh, an exercise to do. I'm going to shoot some rapid fire questions at you as you uh, okay do them. So what exercises are you going to do?
1: Okay, so my favorite exercise is swimming, but we're in my kitchen, so I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to uh, do a downward dog into a forward plank.
0: Okay, back and forth. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, I'm in the plank.
0: <laughs> Here we go. All right, what's your astrological sign? Pisces. What's your favorite food? Oh, avocado. Where's that downward dog, Sharon? No, I <laughs> 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 another <downward dog. laughs> What's your favorite city? Uh, New York City. Your favorite outdoor activity? Oh, um, swimming. Your favorite smell? Lavender. Your favorite eco bags product? String bag—it's
1: our original product. Mine too.
0: Your favorite life motto?
1: It has to be fun.
0: And who do you like more, Eva or Julian? Oh no! Just okay. kidding. <laughs> <so> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> time, time. We're done. <laughs> I wonder if I should stop asking people who their favorite family members are. And they're like, "Who is Eva and Julian? Is that it?" Yep. Okay. For those listening, uh, Eva and Julian are Sharon's children and my dear, dear friends. who grew up with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Sharon, the name yes. of this podcast is Bullish with Toro. So mm-hmm. I want to ask each uh, person I interview what they think of when they hear the word bullish. Mm. I always think of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that restaurant that's along the West Side Highway yes, in the 20s. 10. It says Toro. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think bullish just means like, you know going for it, diving in, um, just being ready. And, okay. and, and it's with skill and it's
0: with, you know, focus. Focus. Yeah, I like that. Um, the definition that I've been pulling from Merriam-Webster is hopeful or confident that someone or something will be successful, optimistic about the future of something or someone. So what I want to get into with you today is what you're up to, now, in 2020, um, your outlook for the future. But before we talk about all of that, let's take a step back. All right. <laughs> what kind of a kid were you? Uh, what age?
1: Do you want me to start at the very beginning? I'm the oldest child.
0: Okay. So, or, or so, And I'm
1: four years older than my middle sister and eight years older than my youngest sister. So I was um, very single-minded. I was very purposeful, like I would hide things so I'd have them later. I loved, for some reason, um, um, stale Oreos. (laughs) I liked when they got soft. Isn't that weird? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I used to snuggle. Um, I was a little secretive and a little sneaky. um, And I liked keeping everything very neat and orderly, but I also loved making a big mess. Um I was playful. Like a mess of your room or a mess with colors. Yeah, like with colors and with mm. things. And I was really playful, really. Um, and, you know, I was the adored first child. And so when my sister came along and, you know, took the spotlight, I was probably pretty pissed off. And then she went on to ruin all of my Barbies, although I just absolved her of that because she, she, she turned 60. <laughs> oh, so it was time. Yeah, it was time. It was time. Um, I, I was a little... I wasn't always confident. I mean, I was, you know, in the world of the 70s, I was pretty but not beautiful. I was smart but not sparkling intelligent. I was kind of
0: normal in that way. Hmm. Um, That's interesting you say that you were shy because I know about you that you did acting. Mm -hmm. You were an actor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I started acting. I think my first show was I was in sixth grade. And it was at the Hartford Jewish Y and Dora by Max Frisch. It was the first starring role I had. Um, I don't even know if I can remember what the play was about. But then I went on to be part of the theater group at the high school. And I was something you probably don't know. I was a cheerleader. and, and I didn't know I was that. a cheerleader in junior high school. Um, we used to party before cheerleading. So sometimes <laughs> we didn't really remember all the words once we got out into the field. But, you know, hey, it's the 70s. Yeah, however. <laughs> Um, I was not a cheerleader in high school, but I did do theater and I was also very persistent and I became a jazz dancer in high school. It took me three years to finally make it into the jazz dancers, which was this very elite group of girls who got to wear sparkly leotards. I mean, I don't even remember, but it was like, you know, I made it in. So I was very persistent. And then I continued acting through college and into New York and blah, blah, blah. So what are you up to now? Well, now in terms of I'll go with art, um, I'm not doing much theater just because it It's Well, it's COVID, first of all, Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of time to get a large group of people together and schedules and whatnot, but I have started a playwriting class because I've thought for a while that I want to write plays. I think mostly just because they're really hard to write, so I want to take that on as a challenge more than I have some inner voice telling me I need to express some story. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know the skill of it, the craft of it. I have also have a studio where I paint. I have a daily painting practice, and I've done it for about almost two years now, come January. um, And I just love exploring the medium. I love oil paint. I like acrylics. I really love oil more, though, and just seeing how color can respond, working with light and dark and... Um, And it can be extremely frustrating, but, you know, bringing something to life and also being able to go into a room and close the door and nobody can find me for at least an hour every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually going to expand that. Other than that, I'm still working in my business. Um, You know, every day I do something or multiple things because I still own it. I I sort of liken it to either a pizza shop or an apartment building. I still own the lease. And so I have to manage all the particulars of that. And I do have a team of five people. Mm -hmm. And we have warehouses and we have shipments and we have customers and we have vendors and blah, blah, blah. Um, And other than that, let's see, I go for walks. I go for hikes all summer. I swam like three-quarters of a mile a day in this open water um, lake, Mm -hmm. which I was telling you about. Um, And then I love to cook. So we've been cooking a lot, and I'm really interested in spices right now. So we're working a lot with different Indian spices and then how closely that's lines up with, um, you know, all the Thai tastes and whatnot. My favorite food and favorite country. Yeah. And actually, and then skipping over the Mediterranean doing whole cauliflowers, whole roasted cauliflower. Oh, my gosh. My least favorite vegetable. I can get you to love cauliflower (laughs) with like a tahini lemon sauce. Or I I just had the other day a black uh, tahini, a black sesame seed um, tahini. Oh, my God. So just, you know, doing that. Blake and I will sit down for dinner, and if it's a night that we've, you know, put some effort in, we'll say restaurant quality. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And the problem is
0: it usually is better. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are phenomenal cooks. I always – you know I – yeah, you say comfort. Yeah, I fed there. you. For, yeah, no. We, <laughs> I, that's what I loved about where we lived. You
1: know, we'd be out on the back porch, and it's like, come over. Yeah. And then Patty would come down. Come in. Come yeah. over. And there's Deanna. And then there's Gabby. And then you know, whatever.
0: We definitely have that neighborhood. Yeah. Vibe.
1: Yeah, I miss that here. I live. You know, I have no neighbors now. So if I leave the stove on, it's my own fault. <laughs> I actually do. It's like, oh shit, I left it on.
0: <sighs> you know, Sharon. After I asked you that question, I love yeah. that. Your responses around what are you up to now? They weren't focused on your the job that makes you money. It's the stuff that you love to do the the artistry, the crafting, the cooking. Yeah. And one thing that I've always appreciated and respected about you mm-hmm. is that you have the one of the best work life balances that I've ever seen from a professional, especially being a business owner. Um, and I feel like you really just what was it? Um, you you work to live you don't live to work like Mm -hmm. you have your priorities in order and segueing to your book the magic of tiny business you don't have to go big to make a great living can you tell the audience a bit about that and your journey to create a multi-million dollar company yeah well i mean That's where I am now. So
1: I just want to point out, it took me 30 years to get to here. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. And I did have two kids along the way. So there's always competing time. You know, you're always competing for, for time with different interests, right? And at a certain point, at least when my kids were little or even growing up, I was like, well, actually, they're going to be gone soon. So why don't I focus on them? It's not that I didn't work. I didn't have a business. It wasn't like I didn't do theater. I did all those things. I just did them in a different way with different time allotments. And some days were better than others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually remember when I took up knitting so that I wouldn't have to answer the phone or get the door. I'm knitting, and I'm a terrible knitter. (laughs) Anyway, um, the book – well, first of all, I want to say something based on what you said about building a life around – work around your life instead of your life around work, which I think is pretty – can be a pretty transformational idea to some people. But I started there – and one of my biggest influences was my husband, Blake, who's a teacher. And he gets the whole darn summer off every year. And so I was envious like, and teacher There is no friends. way I'm working in the summer. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. It's yeah. just like, so I was never <laughs> able to completely free myself for the whole summer. But I was able to create a schedule so that I worked a lot less, or even if I touched base with the company. Um, during that time, it wasn't a heavy lift. It was a lighter lift. And yes, there were crises. And yes, there were meltdowns. Like one time, my, my company was completely falling apart in 2007, the recession. And um, I, I was like, I still went to camp. I still was out in the woods, you know, doing dancing and art and whatever, having, you know, a late night call with a Um, The financial person Mm and saying, what am I going to do? It's falling apart. So I think it's, what's important, what I say in the book is it's your business to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your business. There's no good in running yourself down. Plus, you don't get good ideas. You need to take time away in order to look at the business and just not be in it. And my approach has been, and I outline it in the book, um, I'm a big proponent of using the clock to manage your time. And I always think about like when we were in school, you know, even high school, but more in college, you know, you have a class, you don't have a class that lasts all day. You have a class for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You have a class for an hour. You have two projects due. So you allot your time. No one's meant to work nonstop, you know? And then if you want
0: to, I make a big sigh there just because (sighs) I feel like since so many people are working remotely, it's hard to kind of shut off. Right. Because it's really easy for me to check my email at 9.30 p.m. because right. I'm already at home. Right. And I was working before, so. Well, I actually
1: come out of out of a time when there was no – the what email was at the beginning. <laughs> this is again, okay, get my walker. <laughs>
0: Please. <laughs> no,
1: no. When, um, when there was an email and literally the internet, you – would hit AOL, you know, and you could go take a shower, get the kids dressed, pack their bags, make lunch, and then go, you've got mail. And you'd be like, oh. So so I come from that. And I totally get the not looking at your email. You just have to sort of train yourself. And it's not easy. You have to set boundaries and you have to train yourself. And I wish there was a way, and I don't do it either, to separate out personal emails, let's say from work emails, you know, to have two accounts and and to turn off the notifications so that Mm -hmm. you don't, and to set the expectations with other people as well as with yourself, I'm stopping at six. Correct. But I will take, and depending on who you are and what you do, obviously, if you're a surgeon, you know, or you're an emergency or you're on a big project and it's all time sensitive, it's never a hundred percent, but I, there's a rule I go by pretty often, I break all my rules but this is a rule I break try to break less which is 80% of the time you're doing you're adhering to the practices that you want to keep and 20% of the time it just goes to shit it just happens. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. You go to log on to your computer, your computer doesn't start. So then you spend the entire day dealing with that. Or you have, you know, you work on projects. You have a whole video production team out and it starts hailing. <laughs> you know? sure. There are things that need to be taken care of, but that's not the rule. It's the exception. So you don't want the, you don't, what do they say? That you don't want to wag, wag the dog or whatever that's
0: saying. Is. I can see that. Yeah. I can see what that means.
1: Yeah. And you know, it doesn't, and also nothing needs to be perfect.
0: I totally agree with that. Like even hearkening to my first episode, um, I didn't have the gear that we're using right now. I Mm -hmm. just had my brother and I had an idea and I said, let's just start. I don't want great, um, perfect to get in the way of great, right? Right. And I, actually that was a great episode and I really like this equipment. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, but, but and that's so that's, but I'm a boss, right? I'm a boss lady, so I'm, you know, so other people Boss have, lady I love. Yeah, so other people who work for me maybe feel like they need to be perfect and it's cuz I'll pick out the one thing that they didn't do and I'll be like, "Oh, that okay, that's that's part of my 80%, not the 20%." <laughs> so when you're trying to meet someone else's expectations. So in that the lesson I have to relearn all the time is you have, you have to constantly reset expectations. And also I I don't do it that enough, but that thing of, okay, so this is what you said to me. Mm -hmm. This is what I, you know, understood from you, understood from you. Okay. And then really important. And again, I don't do it all the time is write it down. Cause we all, we have selective memories And some of us just have plain old fuzzy memories. I mean, there's so much going on all the time. Like last night, I couldn't remember how to say, you know, saucepan. I was, I had to Google it. (laughs) The thing that holds liquid on the stove, because who knows what I was thinking of.
0: Uh. Yeah. So. That's actually good advice too for me, because I'm in a managerial position where I work and I can be pretty particular. So, um. It's important to to have those constant check-ins with people who you work for and work with you and I think that that's uh, consistent feedback is pretty important, yeah.
1: Yeah, and open communication. I mean, I can come off pretty hard ass, and I've really same, <laughs> yeah, and I've really worked on keeping that, but also to try to get what I want, and, and it's really hard because not everybody works the same way. I mean, yeah, some people you say I need this by Friday, and they have it to you by Thursday. Other people you say I need it by Friday, and the calendar pages flow by, mm-hmm. and you're like, uh, what happened to Friday? Mm-hmm. I mean, I meant that Friday, not the one six months ahead. So, so it's that... re and it's a moving not a target it's moving all the time it's we're in flux we're not, it's all live
0: yeah i remember from your book you you mentioned the importance of being agile especially with a a startup yeah.
1: yeah you have to be really agile and you have to really um you have to really play with what that word means to you and how it can work for you i think getting stuck in other people's ideas or processes is not a good thing you can use them as examples of where you might want to go or where you don't want to go I actually work much better personally saying I don't want to do that
0: which is how mm-hmm. I
1: arrived at you know taking like I used to swim every day now because of COVID I can't obviously because the, well, the gyms and all that um, but I would always take a, a time off in the middle of the day and I would call it in an appointment I would mark it as a business appointment on my calendar and I would go and come back and no one ever questioned it. So for me, that was my agile, right? Mm -hmm. Just creating my own time and space. Um, And I mean, was it honest? Yeah, it's like I said, it's your business to take care of yourself so that you can take care of
0: your business. 100%, our managing director actually instituted on all of our calendars throughout the company from 12 to one, it's a healthy break especially during COVID where you can easily just be on your computer for 10 hours in a row. I had to check myself too sometimes to get up, go outside, take a walk, drink some water. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just different times we're living in and the, and the work life balance is, is a little bit difficult to maintain, especially when your life is closer to work just because of proximity.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I know I can sit here, you know, this is my new office at my kitchen table. I have an office upstairs. I just don't feel like being up there. (laughs) And you can I can sit here for four hours and be completely consumed, like forget that I'm even sitting in a chair at my desk because there's a certain flow, especially if you're interested in what you're doing. And actually, even if you're not, if you're just really on it. Um, And I find that all the zooming, all the it's completely draining. Not all. Some are actually structured really well, but they can be really draining and and. You have to get up. You have to move. And I'm glad you mentioned water because, you know, I, that's my thing. <laughs> drink a lot of water. Because if you drink a lot of water, you have to get up.
0: <laughs> Good point. Go to the uh, faucet, grab a nice glass, maybe even stand up while you're drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course,
1: 20 minutes later, you have to get up. And you've got to relieve yourself of all that water you just drank. <laughs> and when you're on your way out to relieve yourself or on the way back, you get another glass of water. So it can be tea, coffee, water, whatever. Mm-hmm. And later in the day, you know, depending on when
0: your cocktail hour starts. (laughs) I would go for an espresso martini. There you go. What's your cocktail du choix? Um, Right
1: now, I'd say we have a really nice, um, um, there's these um, organic uh, fruit liquors, liqueurs that we got up in Vermont, and you mix that, you make a martini with it. Mm. So it's basically a flavored martini. But we're getting into cold weather. So I'm starting to veer a little towards just red wine, although I don't really feel like putting on any additional weight just because it makes uh, me feel log-y. And in the yeah. morning because there's, there's a lot of sugar. You wake up, you know. and uh. So I may just have to go back to my, my, my solution for all that, which is a little bit of something else and, and some, some, some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> or some My scotch. girl. <laughs> Because you only need it's it's just a matter of sort of shifting your your perspective easily. Yeah, exactly. And not always, because again, you can't wake up and go for a five mile hike if you you've indulged
0: too much the night before. So it's about it's about balance. Here, here. Yeah. Oh, we haven't even gotten to my question of the show. Oh my gosh! Oh no. <laughs> no, but that's great. Um, okay. So this is the question that. The entire podcast has been shaped around. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Are you doing what you want to be doing with your life?
1: Wow. Okay. So that's a really that's a big question. Mm-hmm. I say I'm almost there. How's that? That sounds like a yes, but mm-hmm. or a yes and. Yes, and it could be a yes and. Mm-hmm. Because I I've, I've grown away from some things that from from some things that I thought were really important and I really wanted to be part of like and maybe I'll go back but you know acting was a really big part of my life but I no longer I'm rusty mm-hmm. it's kind of like if I went back to ballet class be, I would would not be able to do it right now because it's it's but but I'm developing other other skills um, and I'm looking forward to developing them even more so that I can be more deeply engaged within them instead of skimming the surface. I, you know, I talked about painting and writing, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still plagued with the large cultural message, which I've, wanted to put in the background, but it always comes forward as, you know, in order to, in order to, in order to. America is a lot about in order to, in order to. And, you know, I never had a goal of, you know, let's say becoming fabulously wealthy. I wanted to simply make enough to have the resources to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do
0: it. 100% aligned to that. Yeah. So...
1: And, you know, I'm reaching what they might call retirement age, although most of the people I know are not simply retiring because nobody really knows what that means anymore, unless you're in a corporate job or you're in a civil service job where you get a sure. nice pension. And why did nobody ever tell me about, <laughs> about pensions? <laughs> Wasn't on my, my radar, but it would have been really nice. No, thank you for saving the world and removing single-use oh, plastic Oh, yeah, yeah, but 20, 20 years, years and a pension. Anyway, you, Um, so I'm don't have to i don't have that same stress but i'm still trying to working on figuring out cuz i don't like to say trying because trying means eh, it's kind of you know hmm. namby pamby trying you can't try to pick up a pencil uh you either pick it up or you don't so what i'm working on is that big question of what's next and i have come directly to I'm not that good at not knowing. So I'm more of a director than I am a passive, you know, and it's different than vacation because vacation, you go, you do, you hang out, you maybe have no worries, and you come back and you re-engage. So I don't know what's next. I don't know. I kind of know I don't want to start another business. But on the other hand. What do you
0: know that it involves? Does it involve health, wellness, cooking, artistry? Don't know.
1: Mm. don't know. And I don't know if, if struggling with that question or really working with that question for a year might bring me some clarity because I have never stopped working since I'm about 12. Literally, I have never had a time in my life, except for maybe a month when, when my kids was born where I had a, a, an uninterrupted stretch of time that wasn't met at the other end with the obligation that the time started with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've had time. But, like, my husband Blake had a sabbatical for a year. I remember that. Yeah. I've never had – and he didn't have to – and he was fully compensated for that mm-hmm. year. So, I mean, I've never had that entire – an entire huge block of time to just see what's what. And, and as much as I want that, it's a little scary even still. And then we wind up with COVID, right? Which gives us in the beginning that entire thing. That's what COVID gave us. I mean, if you weren't suffering from the disease um, or really flailing because of all the horrible things. And, you know, we were, in, we were in New York. We're 20 minutes above the Bronx where it was hitting really hard. Um, but here we had a self-imposed um, retreat. <laughs> so beautiful. But it wasn't without... Unimaginable stress. Most of it because of the. Um, okay, I won't get political, but mm-hmm. because of that, mm-hmm. and because you know you see your business and everything you've worked for for thirty years falling apart, and, and you don't yeah. and you don't know where any of the pieces are going to fall. So I've never had that amount of time. So I'm working on giving myself more time to explore what is next, and working on being okay if it's just being.
0: I'm mm. just like, oh, my God. Well, you said that you at least know what you don't like to do. So yeah. it sounds like you just got to try a bunch of stuff and see what. Sticks. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just I know that I don't like my time to be managed by. Things that I haven't chosen to be managed by. Now, that's a first child syndrome. I mean, <laughs> or maybe well, criteria, an only daughter, an only daughter only syndrome. Only daughter syndrome, criteria, I, yeah. No, because you came up pretty strong. You have three brothers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you they know. They still you're,
0: flinch when I walk by. I know. You should, yeah, you, have to make them shake. <laughs> you have to make them shake. I have some friends who flinch when I walk yeah, by. Yeah, you <laughs> did that when you were eight years old.
1: <laughs> you just weren't as sure of yourself oh. as you are now. And that's, you probably have moments of insecurity, too. We all Horrors, do. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I'm actually thinking of maybe working with a coach, but I've always been so, uh, uh, like, Skeptical? Yeah, skeptical. And actually, she comes to me highly recommended, but I... Yeah. Skeptical. Like I can do it myself. And Mm -hmm. I did the business by myself. And this is, you know, women in business. I had no idea as a woman entrepreneur, first of all, that I was an entrepreneur. I just thought I was a woman who started a business because she needed to make money. Sure. And I happened to attach it to something I believed in, but I didn't know how hard it was for us to have a business. What have been some of the the challenges? Oh, there's huge trouble. I mean, I think if I had been a, uh, not a woman in business, um, that maybe getting access to money would have been easier i think people would have you know when you bring things up in a conversation they would have been more of wow instead of that's nice interesting you know just you know maybe think that's a think bigger along with me so i tended to think much more much safer
0: safer Um, yeah i guess yeah
1: um, probably because also I was controlling what I wanted to do and didn't want to do. And I, that's why I never took money. I didn't want to have to work for somebody. You know, if you take equity, I mean, um, you know, VC, you have to work for somebody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I never, I wasn't aware that I was in a, a minority position in business. And then I was like, oh, I am. And then I was part of the problem, too, which is even though I was self-determining in a, with my own agency, um i tended to steer towards men who were my age my peers and think they had the answers the know-how more than i did right and it's true there were fewer women to go to especially fewer women in a consumer goods category but i didn't seek them out you know, at it conferences, it's not like I'm searching for these people. Yeah. And then I realized, um, I don't know when it was, probably about 10 years ago, my business is bigger than theirs. And it's made more of an impact. And it's more successful. And I'm asking them how to do it? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have my, the secret sauce. Yeah. They may have ideas. These are good guys. But, but it, that's how culture trained even me, who came, you know, Gloria Steinem, you know, all the, you know, I was a child of the 70s, the feminist movement. I never, you know, we just got lifted up in that. We weren't of the 60s. So I rode the coattails of all the 60s. And then we handed it to you all. I mean, between you and Eva and oh, my gosh. I mean, right? And here we are. And here we are. Blazing our own trails. Yeah. And and there's a lot to there's a lot of challenges still because well because there's a lot of challenges but we have Kamala <laughs> there's Kamala very exciting to have a female in the office yeah yeah and a woman who represents so many different cultures and who is educated and is
0: I could go on I'm just thrilled
1: for a new perspective
0: yeah yeah well probably. We'll see how, like how political I make this podcast, but yeah, it's crazy when you, they used to do this thing where they showed a bunch of emojis mm-hmm. of the president and mm-hmm. it was like 45 or 44 uh, white men with white hair. And then it was, boom, there's Obama. Yeah, um, They can do the same for the vice president. It's a bunch of white men and then boom, there's Kamala. Well, I'm watching the crown and they did the same thing
1: um, for Margaret Thatcher but it's just a woman. It's like all gray. My mom's watching the crown
0: too. What's up with that? Oh, it's the best. Have you watched Downton Abbey?
1: Yeah, but Obsessed. that was like years ago. I know. Yeah. I just binged all. Of have that.
0: you watched The Queen's Gambit?
1: I'm watching it oh, now. I'm on episode 4. So, so, to have
0: a, a young woman
1: who's completely is brilliant. I mean, why why do, it's 2020? <laughs> come out, ladies. Yeah, come out. So there's a lot of norms that we've had to manage and jump through. And then there's a lot of, um, and and not all, I mean, there's a lot of movement in our space, too, in terms of um, really progressive, um, in the entrepreneur space, progressive um, owners, women owners, minority owners. I don't even think it's minority anymore. Let's just call it. (laughs) Let's just call it. (laughs) We are the majority. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. So. You know, we if you put together all the the others, right? Black, brown, Asian, Jewish, woman, whatever. You just his, her. You know, every all the whatever. Just put them all together. You've got a much larger pie, and you have a much richer pie, and it's way more fun to play. So that's what I'm thinking. Obsessed. Yeah. Not <sighs> well, I'm just a small business or a tiny
0: business, as they say. A tiny business. A magic tiny business. A magical tiny business. We're just about at time. No.
1: So I can obviously <laughs> talk to you
0: forever. Yeah. Um, I'm actually thrilled that you asked me that. I'm really
1: honored. I am. Yeah, I 100%. Mean, yeah. So you didn't know any other women entrepreneurs or women in business? For when that? I first
0: came to, I mean, Austin, no. Like, yeah. I remember when I graduated from school, I was probably just having summers off and mm-hmm. I needed a mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. and. I worked with you. And I yeah. was like, oh my goodness, I'm in an office. This is, this. it kind of set the standard for the culture that I actually appreciated. Like uh, I remembered Lisa used to go down by McSorley's to get tacos for us on oh, Tuesdays. Oh, I completely
1: forgot about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It was great. And just the, it was open floor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so there was always access to everybody, including yourself, mm-hmm. even being the, the founder and CEO. I just thought that was yeah. amazing. Truly. Oh, wow. And the samples that I got to keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can keep more.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting because I, you know, I never really understood culture until I was like, oh, that's culture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In terms of office culture, like just having, I think, I really do think that um, if you ask someone what they want in your business, they'll tell you. You know, I want an extra hour off. I want. You know, whatever, even compensation. I want to work from home once a week. I want to work from home. I want to I be able to leave when my kids need me. Yeah. It's like, why should that be a big deal? That should be so easy. Ugh. And if you make people's lives easier, then they're, they happy, to, they're happy to work together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we kind of miss that now. We, you know, we gave up the office. I know. Had to. Nobody wants to go into it.
0: Yeah. It's okay. It's just walls with paint. What's your greatest takeaway from our conversation? and What do you think your like immediate plans are gonna to be towards what you wanna do?
1: Um, my takeaway would be that the most important thing is to be curious, stay curious. And to, um, you may think you wanna go down that road, like for me, Go down and investigate. And if it doesn't work, turn around and go down another one. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like I think it's an ongoing conversation with yourself. And I think one thing we've learned or I've learned from COVID is that when you don't rely as much on external stimulation, you can hear more inside sometimes because clearly we're not going out as much and we're not entertaining as much and we're not seeing all the inputs I mean, of course, there's a million videos, but sure, <laughs> there's a lot of content out there. Um, but I just know that when I get into a sort of a gray or blah space, even as I'm working to figure this all out, the best thing to do is to engage with a practice. And mm-hmm. for me right now, that's painting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me, I would say that's exercising reading i remember you used to write haikus every morning or was it just a poem no
1: i did i started with haikus and Mm -hmm. then i went to 10 minute writing and timing it and then 20 minute writing and that's how i started wrote the book i wasn't writing before that
0: oh i didn't know that
1: yeah i didn't i mean the only reason i wrote the book was i started a writing practice and i started i made it really easy to write like again a haiku was it take three minutes Mm -hmm. not even i didn't stress about it um then i went on to, um, longer timed writings. And I, I actually wrote a short story and I started a play and I did all sorts of things. And then a friend of mine said, you should write a book. And I was like, really? She said, yeah. And then I picked, I came up with an idea. I pitched it and they said, yes. And I was like, Oh, damn, I have to write this now (laughs) because that's kind of weird to have an idea for a book and pitch a publisher. And they say, yes. Yeah. And the key thing to that though is because I stayed really engaged with different communities in the business world, in the social business world, and in the social entrepreneur business world, all I did was write on my Facebook, does anybody know anybody who knows anybody, blah, blah, blah book, and they put me in touch with the people who wound up publishing. So it was a major publisher.
0: Congratulations. There's a
1: lot of generosity out there.
0: You just got to ask for help. You just got to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, if you are out there getting stir-crazy, especially as we approach winter, it's getting darker earlier, um, set some routines for yourself. Maybe you wake up at the same time each day, have a cup of coffee, consider writing a haiku, maybe a letter, go for a walk, stretch. Um, We just gotta keep our minds right during these times. Mm -hmm. So, Sharon, given you're not sure exactly what You want to be doing how do you walk away from this conversation with a little more oomph to to figure that out
1: um i think what i do in fact not just think what what i will do is on monday morning i'll go back to my studio it's closed on the weekend and i will continue to show up that's the key thing i will continue to um engage in my daily practices which right now are walking as many steps as possible. I like to walk about four miles a day plus and then show up at my studio for at least an hour a day and paint. I
0: love that. Simple, routine, wholesome. Thank you so much, Sharon Thank Rowe. You. Pleasure to talk to you. And uh, till next time. You grew up nicely. <gasps> <Thank laughs> you. Bye everyone. Bye everybody. All right, there's another one down. I love that everyone is going to answer the question of whether they are doing what they want to be doing with their lives differently. It really kind of depends on what stage in your life you're in too. I also love that while Sharon is doing so much, there's still something left to be discovered and I super relate to that. Finding what you want to do with your life can be a constant practice. If you have friends, family members, colleagues who you think would love this episode, this podcast, please subscribe, share, leave a comment. You can find Sharon on Instagram at Sharon Roe underscore, that's row with an E. Her company, EcoBags Products, Inc. at EcoBags underscore U.S. And her book, The Magic of Tiny Business. You don't have to go big to make a great living at SharonRowe.com. And me, of course, at Bullish with Toro. Remember, set a goal, take some steps, and get after it. Stay bullish, y'all. Until next time. It's Bullish with Toro. I